Welcome to the Payroll Podcast, the show that explores the latest insights and innovations in the world of payroll. Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO at JGA Recruitment Group, Global Specialist Payroll Recruiters. Now, if you're new to the show, please do remember to click subscribe. If you've been an avid listener for many episodes, then please also remember to share it with all of your payroll colleagues and friends so that together we can continue to raise the profile of global payroll for everyone. And talking of global payroll, today I am joined by an absolute global payroll leader in this space, CIPP qualified Ian Giles, who is currently payroll strategist at Papaya Global. Now, Ian has worked in payroll for over 25 years. And as you will soon discover, he is an advocate (laughs) for all things payroll, especially in relation to shaping the future of the profession. Now, Ian has wide ranging international operational experience, transformation experience and governance experience in payroll payments and vendor management And as well, he's worked extensively in the world of fintech across not just the UK, but the Americas, Europe, Middle East and Asia Pacific regions as well. Now, in addition to Ian's experience to date, he has also worked in payroll roles for Fortune 100 and FTSE 250 businesses, where he's been involved in shaping payroll strategy for populations of over 100,000 employees in over 170 countries. Today, we have a genuine, huge payroll heavyweight with us on the show today. So without further ado, welcome Ian Giles to the Payroll Podcast. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Thanks, Nick. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here today. I am a big fan of the show. Thank you. I'm super stoked to have you. We've known each other for over two decades in this space as well. Really great to have an opportunity to have a good chat with you about something we're both passionate about, which is global payroll. So before we get into that, what does the word payroll, though, mean to you? Uh, Somebody that I've known for, for, for not nearly as long as I've known you describes payroll as being life. And I think that's what it is. To me, um, I, I think the profession is is one that's been around for, well, since we all actually started doing something. We've all wanted to be paid in one form or another, whether or not it be seashells or honey or, 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 or coin or whatever it might be. And I think it's only fair to say that it's probably one of the only three things that is absolutely guaranteed in life. One of them is that you'll pay tax, and I've never wanted to work for the Inland Revenue or the IRS or anywhere else. One of them is unfortunately deaf, and I've never wanted to be an undertaker, and we all (laughs) want paying for something. So, you know, whether or not you move around from one business to the other, I think payroll is pretty much a profession for life. Fantastic. What a great, I'd love love taking a little bit of a trip into the history of payroll, because you're absolutely right. This has stood stood the test of time, right? Since the currency has been invented, people have been before currency, people have been trading wares for for generations and uh you know it, to, to be a someone who's looked a custodian of that process shall we say i think is a, is, a, is a really exciting time particularly now in the world of global payroll so let's jump into the world of global it's something you know very well i mentioned in the introduction you've worked with some some real industry leaders in in, in both the FTSE 250 and the fortune 100 but why is global payroll in particular post-pandemic becomes so increasingly complex and it is and we're seeing a lot of companies come into this this sphere and then suddenly they're bamboozled by the complexity of it I wonder if you can demystify some of that for us i think absolutely yeah i mean i've worked with with some some very large businesses i've worked with some um, some small businesses as well and as of this week you may have seen you know papaya is actually now a time 100 listed company which is absolutely fantastic but in terms of, of global payroll why is it so complex 
it's the fact that we're bound by rules. You know, they're only getting tougher, but I think that's absolutely a good thing, you know, and it's being made more difficult for all the right reasons. If you take the EU Trade Transparency Directive, for example, I think it's going to be a game changer in terms of fairness for both the applicant as well as the employee. It's going to make lots of businesses have to do things that they haven't done before. If you look at Spain, for example, their gender pay gap reporting is based on a difference of 25%. When this act comes around, it's going down to 5%. That's a massive shift in what everybody is having to do. And, you know, it's great. If you look at those kind of things, it has to be done properly and it has to be implemented properly. I've seen jobs advertised in the United States where the salary is between $20,000 and $1 million. You know, yeah. if you're going to do it, do it properly, do it fairly. And I think this is is a, is a great way to actually get the EU in that place and, and, and leading the rest of the world. You know, nice. you mentioned, you mentioned as well, I'll have to jump on this because I think this is such an important thing to raise. We're talking about raising the profile of the profession. You mentioned at the start of that, that Papaya have been recognised in the Times 100. Now, actually, this is this is way more important than perhaps we've, you've just given it merit to, in my opinion. I, I know think you it know is, why, yeah. right? Finally, we've got a business, a, a genuine unicorn company, and there aren't many of those out there. And I'd, I'd love to know what it feels like to work for such a fast-growing business as well, because it's a unique opportunity for me to ask that question. So we'll come back to that. But they're in the Times 100, which for me is one of the first times since I've been in the profession that I'm seeing a business now really thrusting payroll into the limelight. We've got a payroll company in the Times 100. Tell us a bit more about that. So, yeah, I mean, it is absolutely fantastic. And you're absolutely right. We are the first payroll and payments business to ever feature in this list. It's absolutely phenomenal. And if we can actually use that self-promotion and what we're actually doing in the marketplace at this moment in time to make people sit up and realize how, how important payroll is, that has got to be a good thing. I think payroll has sat in in the back of a business for far too long, not getting the investment that, that other parts and other functions of, of, of businesses get. If you look at ATS, HRIS, HCM, ERP, people are putting all of their money into yeah. there, but they're not in payroll. But payroll is one of those things that people only really start looking at and it only really starts getting into the news when it goes wrong. When it goes wrong, it's generally and often far too late to do something about it. Reputation goes out the window, perception and all of those kind of things start, you know, really rocking the boat. What we're doing at Papaya is is definitely leading the way. And I'm really, really glad to be to be part of it. Um, I've known Papaya for, for two and a half, three years had the possibility and the opportunity to to kind of like join them a while back, but the timing wasn't quite right. Conversations took place at the back end of last year and I got my opportunity to, to join again. They, you know, it, everything happens for the, for, for the right reason at the right point in time. And it's really, really great to be part of this, of this unicorn experience and, and see what's going on. There's still more to come. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We were talking about those different ERP, HCM and, and, and HIS. Uh, maybe think of, I don't know why I made me think of it. Maybe think of a Cinderella story, right? You've got a, I was thinking of those as like the ugly sisters. I and mean, we've got Cinderella who's at home, the forgotten one, right? But actually it's a beautiful thing. And it's it's amazing now to see Payroll as the Cinderella, as something that's being recognized in the Times 100. And what's it like working for such a fast moving 
global business. And 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 how has your experience been like having worked in so many different organizations, both on a consultancy basis and a permanent basis? You've you you know you've come in and fire for in in transformational journeys as well. What's been your experience so far? My experience over the last six months has been phenomenal. No one day is the same as the next. No one day is the same as the last. Um, we're talking about payroll, but I actually, I, I don't do payroll in my role and haven't done it since sure. I've been here. I get to talk about payroll every single day of the week. And I'm hoping that the conversations that I have with payroll leaders, with, with people that, that are hosting podcasts like yours, are actually getting us out there and we're creating the, you know voices for it it's such an important part of of business as well as as individuals lives it's it's not something that we can we can have a go at we've got to do it properly and and that's what it's about for me i have lots of conversations about what payroll used to look like what it was like a few months ago and and, and the direction that it's heading in but it is gaining the momentum it should be. I've had the conversation with a few people and I kind of like like to, to raise the subject here, but I think it's about time we actually saw the first chief payroll officer within a business. You know, a seat at the table, payroll being able to be, the, you know, a senior stakeholder in the C-suite, driving strategy for a business rather than sitting in, in finance or sitting in HR we should be going alone yeah and you do you kind of doing that in your role I and mean, your role is, is a payroll strategist at, at papaya global what about some of the the pain points you're seeing some of your clients come to you with in the world of global payroll or perhaps you're just seeing from a strategic point of view at the moment um so i get involved in all kinds of all kinds of conversations with the business i act as an advisor i find myself in in rfps in sales trainings in sales meetings so i get to meet our teams i get to meet the teams of of of, of potential clients and external clients as well and they will have a a varying and somewhat different story i think there is a frustration out there in the market that people aren't using tools that are built for payroll. Not specifically, the, the, the payments industry for starters hasn't really changed within the last 30 years. And you know we're, we're paying people almost at the whim of banks, third-party payment providers. If the money lands at the right point in time, then absolutely great. You know We're focusing on the land date rather than the send date, which is quite an important part of that. Um, I can see that that people aren't getting the reports that they want. Their analytics aren't, aren't data driven. They've got post post payroll reporting, and a lot of that you will get because of the disparate systems that global payroll teams are having to work with. If you're working in ten countries, you could have ten different solutions, ten different providers. Sure. Trying to actually get those into a single currency in a single language is a task in itself that's generally done when you've you know you've pressed that big magic red button that gets everybody paid. Today, payroll and and what we're trying to do is all about providing information now as well as looking into the future. Sure, that's great advice. I know that you you um, give yourself out voluntarily as a, as a global payroll mentor as well. You do some work with the with the GPA. I know Mel very very well. Um, if someone was coming to you then as a, as a payroll manager now with some mentorship, with the payroll strategic experience that you have, what are the kind of key pointers or key things you would like to, to, to pass on if you only had a couple of minutes with them and you can give them that one or two bits of advice to help them on their journey? What would it be? 
I I think it, it doesn't really matter whether or not you've actually been in payroll for a year or 20. Having a conversation with somebody in the industry is a valuable conversation. You know, we can have mentors within businesses, but unless they actually speak payroll, you're not necessarily having the same conversation. Sure. One of the pieces of information that I would pass on to somebody is, is be vocal, you know, without making a name for yourself. You know, you don't want to get yourself a bad reputation, but I feel that there's a lot of people in payroll that accept what they have, the tools that they're working with and everything else that goes along. I do feel that there are a lot of people in payroll who who only complain about their day when they go home to their significant other half. They don't complain to their bosses, senior stakeholders about how poor the tools are that they have to do the job with. So, you know, doing that is, is, is quite an important something. If you can make positive and an effective change within payroll what you are doing is is shaving time off your processes that will enable you to get to valued adding activities now to me if you can get to a value adding activity you're making your payroll more strategic than it ever was i kind of like you know i, I align it to the fact that one of the things i did with it with a client a little while ago was suggest to them that on the last working day of every single month they opened a zoom or a teams call for the payroll team to sit there and wait for people to kind of like come in tell them about you know their their, their payroll whether or not it was great it was good have a conversation with them. If you can invest four hours at the end of your payroll cycle, just in an open conversation, it means you've got a lot of other things done that, that you couldn't possibly. The majority of payrolls these days tend to be re reactive. And I think on occasions, we're more of a firefighter than we are a payroller because there are so many things that, you know, and fires that we have to put out. Payroll shouldn't be like that at all. We have to take the effort out and make the reward much better than it is. If you can get from that, that reactive payroll to a controlled payroll where you are improving your processes, your education and your knowledge every single time, it's one step close to that strategic payroll. Yeah, for sure. It's great advice. What I like as well is, is the idea of promoting that social connection, you know, taking that even completely out of a payroll context, that, that peer to peer reviewing, the ability to speak to our teams, you know, that's something that's been lost a little bit. We know it's linked to mental health and I'm taking it out of the payroll conversation a little bit because I think this works across all industries. But we don't spend sometimes enough time talking with our teams and finding out what's going on underneath the hood and, and, and realizing then when we know those problems and we bring them out into the open, actually that's the chance we can be proactive rather than reactive to, to you know, preventing potential issues coming later by just by open communication. And as you say, learning, you and I speak off air and we've had a couple of conversations recently that's hopefully opened up our thought processes both ways. And one of the things you mentioned actually bringing that to, to mind, which maybe we'll bring this up in the show now is um, you said to me in one of our last conversations that it, it's incredibly important that the people have a payroll process that's specifically designed for payroll management. And it's not something that's necessarily been done before tell me tell us a little bit more about where you were going with that and just bring that up to to, to speak for the listeners so i thought it was quite interesting yeah for me there are two ways of looking at payroll you have the traditional payroll model where there is an over you know an overwhelming amount of systems and technologies the number of integrations can be non-existent it can be very very basic or there could be large amounts of them that aren't really providing the functionality that you want there's no consistency or framework. You know, 
if then you have the the other side of the fence where you're actually looking at what is is more of the the future state you know we deserve the right tools for the job just like everybody else you know it it might be completely off the mark but you wouldn't attempt dentistry with a spade you know so why are we kind of like using things that aren't fit for purpose why should we do payroll with outdated processes or use outdated systems it just makes the job inefficient you know payroll does power the world we should be giving pay everyone in payroll every chance and every opportunity to do the job to the best of their ability with the tools and i think the reason that it's not been done before is that we have all been so busy in this reactive stage that we've just gotten on with it you know we accept what we've got like i said before but i do think the last two or three years has changed that the amount of mass redundancies and, and the great resignation and all that kind of stuff has made payrollers have to do more than we've ever done before but still on the same platforms. Technology hasn't been developing and evolving at the same rate of, of as the work that we've been doing. No, so sure. the sheer volume is definitely one of the things that, that's kind of like making it change. Um, I think you can also say to degree that employees have led this change rather than businesses. You know, they're looking for, you know, in this new world of work, better pay, better benefits, and businesses are having to look at better ways of managing all that, you know, so it's something that we've had to do. Again, just kind of like going back to, to, to one of the things I said earlier, you know, things are getting tougher, things are actually becoming more, more voluminous, but, you know, we're making these changes for all of the right reasons. There's an irony in there as well, I think, a little bit in relation to AI, AI being something that many people are fearful of, that it maybe it'll be one of those tools. We've been hearing this rhetoric from uh, in the world of payroll since I've been in it, you know, whether automated systems and, and RPA and everything else is going to outsource the payroll professional. And yet actually listening to what you've just said there, there's more work than ever for payroll people to be trying is. to manage and get through if, if if ever there's an industry that could do with some ai or some rpa support it's probably now right because there's so much to to to, to, to understand to 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 demystify to get them to terms with particularly as the world does go more global you know we've got borderless workforces now in the, in the world of remote working which the pandemic you know, rapidly accelerated and it's really interesting and i think quite encouraging probably not for those feeling like they're overworked at the moment, but encouraging for, to hear that actually the human aspect of payroll profession, of the payroll profession now is probably more important than ever. And there's a lot of work to get through. So this industry is absolutely here to stay. It's growing. It's it's evolving at a rapid pace. And that's why we've got titles like yourself as a payroll strategist, which is you know, a relatively new concept really in the world of global payroll and an exciting development, I think. It shows there are new opportunities for people that are coming into the industry. But if we bring it right down to the I guess what's really important for payroll professionals, it's still making sure they can run an accurate payroll on time, compliantly with no errors. With all these tools coming in, and you were talking then about bringing in the right tools for the job and investing in payroll so they have those tools and update their suites and, and, and systems and so on. If every payroll department in the world did that, is it possible in the future to have a world that is free of payroll errors? Or is that still something that we constantly aspire to achieve, but in reality, may never quite get there. We are aspiring and it's definitely getting better. Just going back to the point of AI, I, you know, technology is absolutely fantastic, but AI will not steal all of our jobs. 
people no. using people using AI will steal our jobs. You know, it, it's that you've got to get clever and you've actually got to be using the right tools for the job. Um, I think that there is every possibility that we will have an errorless payroll at a point in time, but with caveats, you know, whilst we're insisting that employees complete, complete manual forms, entering their bank details, it's not going to happen. Whilst there sure. isn't a universal way of checking that an account belongs to the right employee, it's not going to happen. And whilst we're using legacy tools, it will not happen. There are a lot of problems with getting people paid and how we pay them hasn't changed a huge amount since I've been in payroll. And you made me feel really, really old at the beginning when you told <laughs> everybody how long that was. Um, this is why I've got the gray hair and, and everything that kind of like goes along with it. We've always known that payroll payments are highly sensitive and delays cause issues for absolutely everybody. Time to fund also puts stress on working capital and businesses have been focusing on the date that they send the money not the date that it actually lands. And I think the most ironic thing about payroll payments is that there is a clear lack of visibility. You can't see what's going on you know, along the process, and that's not right. So I think you know, payroll payments have been quite painful historically, and it is changing. They are connected, but not everybody actually thinks that payroll and payments are. They're not two separate processes, but they have been segregated until now. We've been using, you know, an all-purpose payment solution, not the kind of solution that that is fit for purpose, and that is quite, you know, quite honestly, intended for what I believe, you know, are super payments and payroll payments are super payments. They're their own, their own type of payments. They're not a utility payment. They're not a direct direct debit for whatever it might be. These are the kind of things that you know, when they don't take place properly, change people's lives. And, and that's not a great thing. And they can make and break a business as well, not just the people's lives. It can make or break a business if you get it wrong. No, absolutely. You know, this is it. Depending on the type of payroll provider you work with, you potentially have to actually to, to give them your total payroll, you know, outgoing 10, 14 days before it's even going to hit the employees. Now, not being able to have that capital is, is a deal breaker. Like you say, you know, there are lots of things that businesses could be doing with that. But I am also a firm believer that employees should actually be getting money for, for, for what they've done, you know, every single time. There has to be a better way of doing it. I think, you know, it, it has come along now with what it is we're doing. We need to make them faster. We need to make them simpler. And I don't think it matters whether or not you're the employee or the employer. That has definitely got to be the case. This is why Papaya has been focusing so heavily on payroll payment. They are this unique brand of transaction, that I say, and they have to be treated as such. Sure. Well, we live in a world of speed, right? We live in a world of everything now, a world of streaming, a world of instant access, and we I don't want it yesterday. The world we, we want now, whether it's payroll or whether it's our TV show, right? We want it, we want it instantly. Um, that's yeah, why we're absolutely. seeing lots of solutions come into the market. Yeah, I was having a conversation the other day about technology, and I think payroll and payroll payments technology is definitely in the dark ages compared to to to, to tech as a as a whole. 
I remember the first time I got my phone out and zapped the QR code on a restaurant table and paid the bill. You know, that's where we're at. And that's what people want. I carry my wallet around with me now as a backup because my phone does everything else. You know, it does sure. those things that need to. I don't even remember the last time I actually even used cash. You know, we, I, we, we used to be in a society or I used to kind of like, you know, never, never really kind of get the credit card out unless it was over five pounds, 10 pounds or something like that, because I felt like I was, you know, not doing the, the right kind of thing. But now there isn't cash. I mean, much, I mean, it, much less patient culture, shall we say. I remember when I had to wait for dial up on the internet and I'd, I'd wait because I wanted what came at the end and you'd have all those sounds going through this Spectrum ZX, whatever it was, and you'd be very patient. Yeah. And now if it doesn't work instantly, you just get instantly frustrated or or trying to find a black cab in London, you know, you'd happily wait 20 minutes because that was the norm. Now if Uber can't get to you in three minutes, whatever provider you use, you, you, you're on to the next Absolutely. one straight away. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's bring it back to the world of payroll and technology because I was really interested in your um, summary earlier where you were talking about how many payroll operations are still living in uh, and utilizing technology that's no longer fit for purpose. It's outdated and it, therefore it needs investment, it needs transformation. I think as a recruiter, I see this all over the world, right? I can see companies that are trying to embrace transformation, companies that are half in, half out, not quite investing, but want a better solution, kind of go to a halfway house and then realize it doesn't work later on. And I've seen companies haven't done anything and being left behind. It's a really interesting viewpoint that we have as recruiters working with clients of all across all verticals, all sizes globally. From your perspective then, what, what can technology do to contribute towards achieving that, that payment, the perfect payroll process goal? And I know that in relation to Papyrus as well, that you know you deal with a payroll OS, it'd be great to understand how an OS differs from traditional payroll systems, particularly for those listening to this who goes, what is a payroll OS even to begin with? I wonder if you could perhaps bring that to light for us. Um, so I'm in total agreement. I see lots of different businesses go about payroll in different ways. I think there are a number of reasons businesses aren't using technology. And that kind of like goes back to the fact that we aren't necessarily being as vocal about the tools that, that we that we are using and should be using. There are businesses that that aren't afford the investment or small enough that they believe what they're doing is the right thing. I also think when you start looking at much larger businesses, change doesn't particularly tend to, to take place the longer that senior stakeholders have been within the business. You know, it generally tends to happen when you've got new blood into a business that has seen what can be done in different environments. And I've seen it quite a lot. I've gone in there, I've gone into businesses where I've taken ideas to them. I've gone away with ideas. I've taken them to the next business. And that, that cycle of change is what generally tends to make things happen. The longer somebody is in a role, I think the more they are resigned to, to what they've got, you know, rightly or wrongly. Um, in terms of the, the technology that we've got now, um, Payroll OS is quite simply, it's a single source of truth for the entire workforce end-to-end -end technology in a single platform. Payroll OS integrates seamlessly with existing ERPs, other HR and finance systems. It's a place where HR and finance teams finally get to work together. You know, it's all in one place, which is where it should be. No more disparate systems like we've kind of like been mentioning. It's software that brings data together. 
giving you a standardized intuitive view that's up to date. And this kind of like goes back to the real time data insights. That's what payroll is all about now and, and strategy. If you don't have that, you're falling behind the, the game. Sure. You know, it delivers real time visibility into payroll operations. And if you think about the cycle of an employee, you know, all the way through from recruitment, all the way through to, 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 to filing, payroll is probably that one function within the entire business that has more information and data than anybody else. So if we can provide it in real time as it's happening, this is where businesses actually get to see what their costs are, why something is different compared to what it used to be. You can, you know, if, if the information is in the system and you can go back six months, 12 months, two years, you can see all kinds of information. It shapes the future, which is what we should be doing. You know, everything should be in one place. So, you know, and we are the only payroll platform that is able to handle payroll's last mile. So that the, the final payment to employees and to third parties, to local governments, all those kind of things. We have built our own payment rails and a global payroll network to be able to do that. And it means that, you know, businesses are therefore, because of the amount of time that they don't have to pre-fund, they're in charge of their own working capital. It, it's it's a win-win situation for everybody involved. Yeah. And what, what I love to hear about that response as well is you talk there, and I've talked about this quite a lot in previous shows, so uh, some of the listeners may be aware of this already. But the idea of looking at the data to drive decisions that can really support broader operational goals, C-suite level goals here, you know, it's it's talking and thinking about payroll more strategically, as you say, but more as a payroll as being a profit center, not a cost. If we were able to identify some of these insights, and you mentioned a couple there where, you know, if you suddenly realize that you're spending too much in this place or you've, you've, you've there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a regional pay gap somewhere else or whatever it might be, and you can plug that through the payroll data, Actually, the significant, you know, significant savings can be made through the identification of those insights and bringing them to the table. And if you run, you know, if it's only a small saving in one employee and you maximize that over some of the businesses you work for, which have 100,000 plus employee populations, suddenly the savings can very quickly work into the millions. And it can be from a small payroll related identification of a trend or an insight that's led to those significant savings later. Yes, we can't get away from the fact that payroll is about paying people, but utilizing the data smartly can really drive some really, really high level strategic decisions that can really support much broader operational objectives for stakeholders. And I think that's a really exciting development in the world of payroll that really until the last couple of years hadn't really been imagined or utilized in the way that we're seeing it today. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think, you know, you could, you could, I think you can basically say that payroll is the best strategic partner you could have that you never knew you needed. You know, we have got so much information. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I've just, I've just kind of, kind of like thinking about it just right then. It, it, we, we really are. We are a strategic partner. We are definitely one of the best that you can possibly have. You know, with this, with this real time data, not only can we actually look to the future, we can almost make sure that the future doesn't happen. You and I both know that the, the average payroll, whether you're trying to or not, will leak between half a percent and two and a half percent of total payroll costs. Sure. You talk about these 100,000 employee payrolls, those 100,000 employee payrolls have a payroll bill of one billion pounds. 
two and a half percent of a billion pounds to me is money that's kept in the business that is a pay rise is a bonus for people that, that are entitled to it and deserve it if we've got these metrics we've got this information you know at the moment the best thing that we can do is you know pay overpay somebody who's left once you know with the with real time information we can stop that payment from happening in a large payroll you could you, you your your turnover your churn can be anywhere between 5 and 500 people every single month you know sure. not paying those 500 people money that they don't deserve is money kept within the it business it adds up it yeah. does you and i both know that 99% of the people that you overpay will not tell you that you've overpaid <laughs> them. And For sure. this is it. And depending on the amount of money that you have overpaid, some businesses can't afford to chase that. Some businesses have third-party agencies that will do that, but they won't look at anything over 500. 500 times 500 pounds is still a lot of money. you know. And, and we can prevent those kind of things from happening. If the data is flowing from the start to the end of the process in a single source of truth, we don't need to go looking all over the place for it. Sure. I had a conversation with somebody not recently about a payroll in 20-something in countries it was, and by the time that they'd done an audit of their payroll for the year, they'd worked out that they had created and worked on 20,000 Excel spreadsheets. It's crazy. crazy. It really is. I spoke to a retail um, partner, a, a client of ours recently, and I thought they'd, they'd been really smart in the way they'd analyzed some payroll data. So they'd looked at their global business and they'd been analyzing when um, trends in when maternity leave and paternity leave was taken. And they were able to identify certain periods in the year that impacted their business. And they'd gone back, I think they'd gone back five or six years, and it was pretty consistent as to when you know the majority of cases would would, would be would, would people would be on, on those on those leaves which what's not about cost saving in terms of a payroll perspective, but it's a really useful exercise from a resource planning perspective. When Absolutely. they gave that data to HR, HR were going, okay, we can start planning in advance. You know, we can start looking at where we're going to have these shortfalls in our staffing and particular trends of the year so that we're able to prepare adequately. As you say, to be forewarned allows you to, to prepare adequately. So it's not just about saving overpayments and, and, and identifying pay gaps or whatever. It's also using that data intelligently. And then you suddenly you're in partnership with these with the, with the HR departments and in partnership with finance, and you're working at a peer-to-peer -peer level. And I think that's where we can really see some exciting gains. I want to bring it back to global payroll for just for a moment because... Obviously, you're immersed in that space. You're working with a, a, a Times 100 global payroll provider. There are going to be people listening to this that maybe have been working in global payroll for years, or maybe it's their first foray into global payroll, that suddenly their business has acquired a new company or they've decided to hire a further afield and they're new to it. And I know that the process of picking a payroll solution is therefore going to be a really critical decision for that particular payroll leader. What do you think let us know a little bit more about the Papaya solution in particular? Because obviously that's the brand that you're representing, but also let us know why it's unique in the marketplace and perhaps some considerations from a more generalistic perspective. If you are a payroll leader coming embarking on your first global payroll solution project, some of the things to think about. So I think from my point of view, and I have worked in global payroll for a considerable amount of time, you cannot know everything. You know, it's absolutely impossible. If you look at Japan, for example, the amount of hours that they do is roughly 70 a week, which is half of what they do in France at 35. 
Tax varies from 0% to 55%, depending on the country that you're working in. And Social Security is 37% for employees and 39% for employers. There is so much you know, to, 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 to know and, and to have to work with all the time. I think when you're working on a global level, it is, it is so much about the partnership that, that you create. And, and partnerships is to me is what it's all about. I wouldn't say, you know, you go out there and you look for a payroll vendor because we can all sell payroll. We can all tell you that we can all do this. It is about how you manage the relationship once you get to that certain point in time. We work with a network of in-country partners around the world who are specialists in those countries for those payrolls. And that is the best way of being able to give our clients the best information, the best support that we possibly can. Whilst working with, with, with us, you know, we, we, we consolidate all that information into the payroll OS, which means if, if, if a company is in 10 countries working with 10 different ICPs in those countries, they are working through us in a in this single platform, as I say, without having to have those relationships. If they're wanting to, to, to talk to ICPs, it's not something that we're going to prevent, which is what a lot of, of businesses do now. It's not a chance in a million years you can talk to that in-country partner. That's not part of our, our you know, statement of work. They're not going to allow you to do that, in, in my opinion, all that does is create an unnecessary bottleneck and a necessary you know, period of time where a client isn't necessarily getting what is going to be a very, very important response to something. Um, we go about it differently. We're quite open with, with, with what it is we do and how we operate. There are no secrets. We are transparent. You know, we are there to provide the best payroll service that we possibly can with the right SMEs at the right points in time of, of, of any company's journey. And I hate the words journey because it sounds X factor and American idol, but we are all on one. Sure. Okay. Well, as my introduction did mention, you're also very passionate about shaping the future of payroll. I think this episode has highlighted that in, in, in abundance as well. That's something that you're very you know passionate about talking about the industry, talking about how we can evolve the industry, particularly from a tech perspective and a global perspective. But it means I also have to ask you before I open the vault, Ian, what do you think the future looks like? Is there anything we need to do to safeguard it? And should we be excited about it? I think we should be very excited about it. I don't think, you know, unless something catastrophic and, and biblical kind of happens, there are going to be people working for the next however many years. So this, this profession, what we do now isn't going away anytime soon. Technology is gonna change that landscape, but for the better. It means that we're not having to put in the amount of effort that we are now, which quite frankly is, is unnecessary, you know, in, in some situations, we can become the strategic partner that we're talking about. We can add in all of this value adding activity that, that payroll should be all about. I think the future, you know, going back, is it orange? The future is bright and all of right, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, so it is is definitely going to be the case. I think, I think there are a lot of people coming into payroll now um, because of 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 what's going on within the industry. I think there are some some good points to that. I think there are some bad points to that. 
like most people back in the day, I fell into payroll. It wasn't something that I was ever going to do. I worked in the cinema industry. I did red carpet events and opened new cinemas. Um, and I actually spent a period of time in recruitment where I was actually asked to become the payroll manager for that business. I think it's becoming a destination occupation now rather than people falling into it. But I think there is almost a, a dark side of that. And maybe from a recruitment point of view, you'll have seen that. I talk to, to, to lots of people all the time. I do think that there are people getting into the industry that are chasing unicorns, you know, very, very quickly. They get found out that they they can't do a job, whether or not that's because they've misrepresented themselves. They're not getting the support from that business. But it gets to a point in time, three or six months in, they're looking for the next position with a £5,000 increase in salary. They go into yeah. the next role with another £5,000 increase in salary. And then all of a sudden, they've got international experience on their CV and can kind of like, you know, ask for £70,000 a year without really knowing the job. That then means that all of those people that are really wanting to get on in payroll, wanting to learn, are losing out to people that have gained a little bit more experience on paper. So there's a fine line, I think, between people wanting to do the job and people wanting to do the job because they think it's a nice something. Well, I guess you've, what you've done there is you've highlighted the complexities a little bit in terms of the world that I work in. Is <laughs> One of my jobs is to try and get underneath who can and who cannot do the task that we're, we've been assigned to, to find people for. And it, it can be a challenge. And I think technology has made that challenge uh, more complex from us as well. You know, you mentioned there when you first came into the industry, whether you fell into it, whether you didn't, one of the most um, fundamental skills for the payroll professionals that I dealt with when I, first, when I first came into this industry over 20 years ago was manual calculations. Can you use a tax table? And we would give them manual calculations tests. We now know that that, that skill, and it's, it's it's quite upsetting to hear it, but it's not as not as required. Maybe people challenge me on this, but it's not as necessary anymore as it used to be. We've got to have uh, an understanding that yes, depending on your role within your payroll team, that might be required if you want to check someone's payroll and support them through an inquiry. But we can also be more strategic in the way we deploy ourselves as well. And I think it's we're still navigating that 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 transition, I think. Well, that's certainly how we see it. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you in the slightest. I see some job adverts for payrollers where the payroll skill almost seems to be a nice to have. It's more important that they have a second language. Um which is great because we are working in a, in a global environment. Um, and going back to what you said, yeah, national insurance, CA 38 tables, the, 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 the tax calculations and all that kind of stuff. I can take a sheet of A4 paper and actually produce the payslip from gross to, to net with a calculator and, and a pen. Um, and, and that was a skill back in the day. I think technology is great, but we can't be absolutely reliant on it, you know, to, to be to, to be all and everything we, no. we still need people to be able to do that i'd hate to see us get into a situation where you know if the laptop battery dies or somebody kicks the plug out of the wall peril falls over because people don't have those skills we should be ensuring that those people coming into payroll are fully supported that they get everything they need out of what it is that they're doing um and that's really really important I'm not going to be around in payroll forever. And there's quite a lot of us that are going to be the case as, as well. I'd like to retire and kind of like sit around, you know, doing all kinds of things other than this. But 
you know that's that's a way off but we need to make sure that that the future of payroll is is set up for success you know and that is is, is absolutely it's, imperative it's, it's a challenge isn't it because i think you've highlighted a couple of things there with the laptop you know there's a mentality within the successful payroll industry here there's a you know, a willingness to go the extra mile to get things done. Pandemic showed it, right? That there's totally. there's a commitment to the profession. But it's really hard sometimes as a recruiter to assess. But what I can tell you is those that want to come into the industry with no experience, you can you can tell the difference between someone who's been in it and someone who hasn't. Whether you've got the same, you, know, you might come in with a finance degree or, or experience as working as an accountant or whatever. It's very different to the nuances required to work in payroll. And it's understanding what those nuances look like and what the, that payroll mentality needs to be if you want to be successful. And I think that's where a lot of companies fall down. They'll say, well, I'll try and save some budget. I won't hire someone with payroll experience. I'll hire someone who's come from HR or operations management or they've managed to pay off for a pub of 13 employees or whatever it is and think that's going to be okay. And suddenly they realize they're in hot water. There is. I mean, we're talking about there not being a huge amount of, or or enough of an investment in payroll, but there isn't an invest enough of an investment in 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 people and making sure that they are skilled up to do it. You look at merger and acquisition, for example. You might be running this this twenty person payroll or a hundred person payroll, but you buy a company in in Spain, and you tell your payroll manager that you know that's their new payroll that they've got to deal with. They don't have a clue where to start, you yeah. know, and 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 that's a difficult one. But I think you know you see it a lot more than than I do. But in my career, I've interviewed a lot of people for a lot of payroll jobs. I'm mentoring one person in 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 particular at this moment in time. Their background is accounting, but his his manager has actually given him the responsibility of in housing a a very very small payroll, but his first payroll. I talked to him about you know parallel runs about user acceptance testing and he is so enthused about the fact that his first parallel run you know through penny testing was absolutely where it needed to be he's got a great future in payroll which i think is absolutely fantastic because he wants to do it and i think that is the difference it goes back to what you were saying we put in all the hours we do all the work we don't necessarily respect all of the, the the reward and the gravitas because it's something that that we do but it's it definitely is a career you know and i think it's one of the, it's one of the only careers where silence is your reward right if no one's calling you there's a good chance you've got everything right <laughs> well this is it you know we, we go back to these large payrolls that i've managed i never got one hundred thousand thank yous at the end of the month no. but i did get the very very five shirty emails to tell me that something wasn't right and four out of those five were because the employee didn't do something or we didn't have the information from a different function. I think that 95 to 95% of all payroll problems have happened a long time before they ever reached payroll. I think it's a great way to uh, to finish the, the main questions part of the show. I want to open the vaults. I know I'm going to challenge you and, and get your insights here in mm. if I can. Uh, some short, sharp questions, just three. The first one is one piece of advice you'd give to someone working in payroll right now. Be, be the best version of yourself that you can. You know, we are all human. You can't do absolutely everything. If you feel swamped for whatever reason, there are lots of us around there that will help. You know, there is so much information within the payroll industry and the payroll network that somebody has experienced whatever you're going through at some point in time. Don't be afraid to ask for help. 
Couldn't agree more. It's an incredibly supportive community of people. Um, my details will be in the show notes as well if anyone is feeling stressed or needs to be connected to somebody. Um, I'm not a payroll expert in the sense of, of processing, but I'll know someone that is that can help with your challenge, whether it's global, implementation-focused, or whatever. So so do reach out if you've you, you know, got your head in your hands, worrying you know, where to go. This is it. I'm, I'm very, very surprised that my phone hasn't actually gone off. It is on silent, but it hasn't gone off within yeah. the last period of time that we're talking to from somebody who's actually on the WhatsApp group. You know, that is is an absolute hive of information and conversation. So if you can get on a forum, on a group, within a network of any description, somebody will have the answer for you. Yeah, for those listening, if you're not familiar, Ian's referring to a payroll leaders WhatsApp group that I manage. So if you're interested in getting involved in that, do drop me an email and I can give you more information. Uh, question number two, if you had the power of foresight and could change the entire payroll industry with one action or one improvement, what would that action or improvement be? That every every country in the world used the same tax and social security system. Could you imagine everybody actually being able to do exactly the same thing with none of these different legislations and regulations? You know, we, we talk about borderless payroll. How about it, it becomes truly borderless? Yeah, it's a nice response. It's something I've considered before. Oh, again, <laughs> not least, a bit of fun. I'll catch you while you're laughing. If Peril was a song or a movie, you can choose. What song or movie would it be and why? Oh, always look on the bright side of life. Yeah, nice. Nice. Yeah, straight <laughs> off the top. I don't know if you had that prepared or you're just ready to go, but I love it. Perfect. But it wasn't prepared, interested... but yeah. <laughs> if for those interested in finding out more, Ian, I'm going to put your LinkedIn profile in the show notes so people can connect with you directly. I know you're very open to supporting others in the industry, which you've highlighted in today's show. Uh, people want to find out more about Papaya, I will also put the show, uh, the link in there. You can go to www.papayaglobal.com. Uh, so please do click through if you want to find out more. It, it offers a host of different resources as well, um, so you can find out more. I'm also going to put a link to the Papaya YouTube channel and the Papaya payments uh, link as well for those who want to find out more about payments. I just want to double check. I haven't missed any links there, Ian. Anywhere else you want to send uh, any of our listeners? No, today? I think that is... Yeah, you've, you've, you've given everybody the Papaya website, the YouTube channel, um, my link uh, on, to, to my bio and, and page on um, LinkedIn. More than happy to have conversations with, with, with people who have got an interest in payroll and, and wanting to, to kind of like hear what the possibilities and what the futures are, as well as discussing their um, their, their problems and, and their headaches. More than happy to have a, a, a coffee chat with, with anybody who wants to talk about payroll. You probably won't get a lot of words in, depending on you know <laughs> what time of the day it is and how much coffee that I've already had. Uh, but no, the more we talk about payroll, the better a place we are going to be in. It is so important to absolutely everybody within you know the, the global workforce. We've not touched on, on that, but at this moment in time, that's three and a half billion people. We are paying three and a half billion people. And that's not just, you know, times 12 of those payments. When you factor in weekly, bi-weekly, semi-monthly and everything else, we are working in a plus one trillion transaction environment. You know, yeah, well, everybody's doing a fantastic job. 
Fantastic. Absolutely right. What a great way to round the show. And I'm going to take this moment as well. If you've enjoyed this, which I really hope that you have, please do take just 60 seconds to, to review the show if you can. If you whatever your favorite podcast platform is, there's usually a review function. You can drop us a review and remember to click subscribe and share it with your colleagues and friends as well. And then together collectively, as Ian said, we can really raise the profile, get everybody talking in what is a fantastic peer-to-peer community group and network. And let's uh, let's bring everyone together, which is what this show is aiming to do. So Ian, thank you so much for joining me today on the Payroll Podcast. Of course, if you are listening to this, you need support with a payroll-related vacancy. We have indeed supported the Pyre in the past, and I would love to support you as well. So please do give either myself or any of my team a call at jgarecruitment.com. I will put a link to that in the show notes as well. And we can help you with whatever your payroll recruitment requirement might be anywhere in the globe. So do give us a call. Just leaves me to say one final thank you to Ian Giles, payroll strategist at Papaya Global, for joining me today on the Payroll Podcast. Ian, thank you ever so much. Thanks, Ramesh. It's been a pleasure.